My name's Pastor Jared. I'm part of the teaching team here. It is great to be with you. You picked a great Sunday to come out and worship with us because we are starting a five-week series on Alpine Church's core values. Now, if you're thinking, because you just heard about a 20-year anniversary, and you might be thinking, wow, great, Alpine's getting to their core values. Year 20, this is awesome. Well, no, that's not true. We've always had core values, and I can prove it. On your way out, if you look at our sign up against this part of the building, it's right on the other side of this wall, there's three colored circles right, be, right underneath Alpine Church. The first one is red. That represents biblical truth. That was our very first core value when we started Alpine Church. The blue represents intentional relationships. That's blue. And then that green circle represents outward purpose. That's all of the missions and that outward focus and having instead of an inward focus on ourselves and discipleship and really wanting and the best for those in our lives. But what we discovered, and last year we started talking about, that that is kind of a wide-focused core value explanation. And so we felt like we had to just really focus in on our core values because our core values are how we do what we do. So it supports our mission, which is our mission is to help people pursue God. And what these core values do is help us, how do we do that? And so that's what we're going to be looking at in these next five weeks, but also to bring unity so that we're all on the same page, that we, again, the location is not what makes up the church. It's the people amongst the locations that make up the church. So these are Alpine Church's core values. And so if you're a part of Alpine Church, we hope that you embrace these core values. So here's, here's week number one's core value right here. We look to God and his word in all we do. So 20 years ago, it was biblical truth. We're staying with that theme with our first core value, but it's a little bit more of a catchier phrase. We look to God and his word in all we do. And what that means is the Bible guides us in our everyday lives, not just on Sunday morning. That the Bible guides us in every aspect of what we do. It leads our worship ministry, it leads our kids' church ministry, it leads our fusion ministry, which is coming home today from their weekend summer fest. It, it guides every team that we have, the teaching team, along with the coffee team and the clean team and the media team and the sound team, every team that we have here. It is all about looking to God's word in everything that we do, looking for his guidance in all that we do. But it's important to understand it's just not something we do on Sunday with our Bibles. We just don't look to God on Sunday. This is every day of the week, every aspect of our lives. And that leads us to our first point. We hold a biblical worldview, elevating God's truth above our own opinions or the trends of our culture. We recognize that this will be more radical with each new generation. Now, you can find opinions all over the place, and we are inundated with opinions. But here at Alpine Church, we elevate biblical truth, God's word, God's word above all other opinions, regardless of whatever the culture is feeding us, regardless of whatever the worldly vision and mission and, and, and the communication at that time is giving us, we hold God's truth. And so it's important to understand the, the worldly message has always been and always will be at conflict with God's truth. 
So the world's message, and it's as loud as it's ever been because I believe it grows with every generation, but Jesus was challenged back thousands of years ago with this, and we are going to continue to be challenged. But the world's vision and mission and statement is don't let anyone tell you how to live your life. That's what the worldly message is. Follow your heart. Do what pleases you in life. Now, the sad thing about that is at first, that sounds somewhat attractive. Okay, that kind of, especially if you're not a churchgoer and you're in the world, that makes a lot of sense. Don't let anyone tell you how to live your life. It's your life. You get to go live it how you want to live it. But see, the problem with that, and this is coming out of love, is that leads people away from God because that could not be further from God's truth. You will not find anywhere in Scripture that defends that. And we serve the all-knowing God who knows all things. He knows everything. But that message of go live your life on your terms creates a very wide path going away from God. But again, it's because people don't understand that they are part of God's plan here. That God's not a part of their world, but we are a part of God's plan. And I love how scripture says it like this, because this is how we can use scripture. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So right here is a great example of how Scripture can impact our lives. But it doesn't lead us to focusing on all the areas in our life that we're failing in. That is a part of its role. But if you really truly read through this passage, you'll understand that you can have healing in this. It brings, God's Word brings healing to us. First, identifying our lives what is wrong. So just knowing that we're born into this world and we're separated from God. We come into this world separated from God. And so what we typically do, and this is the world's message, we start following our own path. And what scripture starts communicating to us, because God loves us, and we are part of his plan, and he died for us, and he made the relationship possible, that when we get into scripture, the first thing we read is how God loves us and how he saved us. That's why Jesus is called the savior of the world. If you live life on your terms and do what pleases you, you don't recognize that you need a savior because you don't believe you're doing anything outside of the boundaries of wrong. But scripture clearly communicates that we have a sin problem. And one of the things that scripture does, even for believers, is it helps identify the things in our lives that need to be corrected. And so part of the reason why we should desire to get in God's word is to allow him to speak truth to us. Because we are all sinners. I heard this little YouTube clip about this very popular news anchor that was interviewing a pastor. And this, past, this news anchor was saying, you know, you say that your messages are always uplifting to people, but you call people sinners. That doesn't sound uplifting to me. But right away, right within that statement, you understand this news anchor does not know God and does not know how God works. Because identifying the problem that we have is in love. And we all have it. And God is aware of it and God knows about it. That's why he went and dealt on our behalf and took care of our sin problem. 
And scripture is this resource to help us to get, even as believers, but also non-believers, to get on the right path. I can remember early in my marriage, I experienced this. I did not even know this verse existed. When I was first married, I was a non-believer. And I was having struggles in my marriage to the point where there wasn't a whole lot of hope. And I wasn't walking with the Lord at that time. Luckily, there was a godly influence in our life that said, you guys need to go get Christian counseling. And I walked into this this office, kind of hugs dug in, heels dug in, not wanting to really do this, but he started to reach me. There was something different about him. I didn't even know what it was at the time. And he had the liberty and the freedom to share that he was a believer. And he started asking me, do I know what the definition of love is? And I sat there and I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) No, I do. Not at that time in my life. And soon later, I started reading, even before I was a believer, I read 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, love is patient, love is kind. Ouch, already I knew. Strike two. And then I read, it doesn't keep record of wrongs. And then I read, it's not self-seeking. I was like, oh my goodness. That is not how I was loving my wife. And I just can remember I was open to the idea of God, but I hadn't put my faith and trust in God, but scripture was already starting to impact my life at this time. Years later, I read this, I read 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, and I said, that is exactly how God used scripture in my life when I was first married. And I, I don't want to m- miss this. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, that there is goodness when we identify the mistakes in our life that can lead to goodness. That's how God works. We would say, oh, this was what was wrong in my life, and I knew I was wrong. But I was at the point, and so was Paula, we were ready to end our marriage. This was like that Hail Mary pass. But we went in, and then things started to change. And it wasn't overnight. And I'm still not the perfect husband. She's still not the perfect wife, because that doesn't exist. But I'm so grateful we continued. Here's why. God said, I have amazing plans in your marriage. And I look back at this, and I'm so grateful. I didn't deserve it. But God just extended his grace to me, and he allowed this knucklehead, Jared, to to get through that season of difficulties and selfishness. And it's not that it's over. I'm still selfish. But I see how God had these good works prepared in my marriage of three beautiful sons. Three beautiful sons. And we just found out weeks ago that Paul and I are going to be grandparents. Amen, right? Because the next generation is going to need godly influence. And last night we went to the reveal party of my, my daughter-in-law, and it was awesome. We're, having a, we're going to be grandparents of a beautiful girl. And I can't wait. I can't wait to be a godly influence to her. I can't wait. Why? Because she's going to need it. This world's message is loud. The world's message and the world's opinions are loud. It is an incredible loud voice. And there's a responsibility that we have as followers of Christ to be able to talk to the next generation, to speak truth and love with them, to tell them how much God loves them, for them to understand that they're not perfect and that they need healing in their lives. 
Because the truth of the matter is if you go and live your life however you want to live it, there's going to be a time where you're on a path and you are frustrated and you are hurting because your relationships are broken. It will happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And what God is saying here is I've given you my word to help you in this. Part of the reason why we should desire to get into his word is because it speaks the truth to us. And the truth, regardless of whatever we're facing, because all of us in this room have experienced doing wrong, and it helps us to correct us. And then he says, and I have prepared. I know the plans I have for you. And if you do this and you abide by me and you come to me, you will be prepared and you will be allowing me to work through you. And you will experience the goodness and the good plans that I have planned for you. That should be an amazing reason why we should desire to get into God's word. And here's the second point. We submit to the Bible as the authoritative voice in our everyday lives. We recognize that true believers must come to God on his term, not their own. That is a very challenging word, word submit. Right, ladies? Right? Now, in all seriousness, it's for both. It's for both men and women. But it's a challenging word. But in order to submit to something... You have to trust in it. I don't think you could submit to something if you don't believe in it. So you need to believe in it. And what we're, core value of, of, of really talking about the Bible is that is what we need to be able to submit to. And I think a lot of people will say things like, yes, I'm a Christian. But then possibly their actions don't defend that statement. Possibly. I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm saying they not, might not be living a life that is honoring to God. They might be in some sinful state. We all find ourselves in that. Why? Because none of us are perfect. But there is hope. That hope is Jesus. That hope is God's word. And so before we can really submit, I want to read 2 Peter. Chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It says, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. This is very important or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. We're not asking you to submit to something that's from any human initiative. What separates this book from all others, that's why it's called the Holy Bible. Holy means separated. It is distinct. Is because this is the word from God. It was carried out through the Holy Spirit. Did God use us? Did God use man? Yes, to write it. But it's inspired. Another verse says it's God breathed. These are the words of God. The almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God. That's what makes this book distinct from any other book. If this wasn't written by God, this would just be on the shelf next to a whole bunch, millions of other books, and it wouldn't have the word holy on it. It'd just be one of millions that we could get advice from. But that's not the truth. The truth is this is God's word that he gave it to us to first reveal this love story he has for us, that we're a part of his creation. But in, chapter, in, in, in Genesis, it's very clear. We went our own path very early on. Again, that was Eve. I'm just saying, if she would have changed, if she would have submitted, things could look different. But she didn't. Nor did Adam. But God's truth is from God. You can trust it. It does not change 
It's the same as it was 2,000 years ago. You know, we were reading about Galatians in our last series and how the issues of these Judaizers trying to come in and change the gospel. Well, that problem still exists today. It's the living word of God, meaning it doesn't change. It's true, and you can trust it. Therefore, we could submit to it. This word submit is challenging. It's another word is like surrender. We can surrender to God's leading and God's truth. So in order to submit to something, you have to believe in it. You have to be able to trust in it. And friends, you can believe and trust in the Bible, God's word. And so I just want to kind of challenge us because none of us are perfect. What are the things that you are living right now, the areas in your life that might need to be challenged? Go back to the other scripture to let God identify. So students, are you submitting to the Lord's leading in your schooling? Singleness, if you're single, are you surrendering, submitting to God's leading? There's a lot of information of what God says for you to do when you're single. And a lot of single people find themselves acting married, but they're not married. But are you submitting, married couples, are you submitting to the Lord's leading in your marriage? Are you allowing the Lord's leading in your workplace? in your families. You know, God's word communicates in Deuteronomy 6 about families and how important it is. Again, this next generation, start with the youngins because they're so awesome and they need to hear God's word. But speak about God's command. Speak about God's truth. It says, when you're at home, when you're leaving home, when you're coming back from home, before you go to bed, when you wake up, it's just this constant message that as parents we should be feeding our children because it's that important. It's that important. Are we submitting to God in all aspects, aspects of our lives? Meaning, do we claim to be followers of Christ, but then our actions don't match that statement possibly? It's important that our actions follow what we say because the saying is, actions speak louder than words. And I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying this is how God allows scripture to bring healing to our lives. So if there are places in our lives that need correction, my first question, are you seeking God's truth on that? Are you seeking God's truth? Because we all need God's grace. We are all dependent upon God's grace. But is there something in your life that you need to get into God's word and allow him to speak to you? Why? So that he can bring correction to your lives, so that he can bring healing to your lives, so he can prepare you, rather than that causing turmoil or burdens in your life to lead to healing and goodness in your life. That's how these things coincide. We should have this desire to submit to his word. And part of that is this love for him to see what his word has to speak to us. And here's our last point. We commit to a personal pursuit of God through his word, not just an intellectual pursuit. We recognize that even the Bible can become an idol if not handled correctly. Let me say this. Studying your Bible is awesome. It is great. But recognize it's more, not so much about information. We seek God's word and we study God's word so that we can grow closer to him. And I love the greatest commandments. I use scripture that... that, that just always falls in line with the greatest commandments. First, it helps me to love God. Scripture does. 
then it helps me to love others. It's all about relationships. And that's what it says here. You search the scriptures. Here's Jesus. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. So it is possible to know scripture, but not to be in a relationship with the Lord. The Holy Bible is such a unique, amazing gift from God. And I know for me, for, for too many years, I've always had a Bible in my house someplace, even when I was a non-believer, but it's, it stayed on a shelf, and it really wasn't open very much. I can relate to that. I am not a reader. I cannot stand reading, but it's the one true book that I do read. I know the, the reason I read now is changed. It's not homework anymore. It's not a checklist. I don't treat the Bible like, oh, I got that reading plan. Oh, I'm going to fall behind, which I've fallen behind just about on every reading plan I've ever started. But it's more about the relationship. Because I can't believe God came and died on that cross for me. I sure didn't deserve it. I wasn't even worthy of it. But it just reminds me of God's love. I read that scripture in love now, 1 Corinthians 13, of how much God loves me. I I first read it through the lens, I was not loving my life this way, but I didn't even know God loved me that way. And then I discovered that God loved me that way. And he made it possible for me to have life. And I was a part of his plan here. And I came to a day of surrender, go, okay, God, then use me. And boy, did he. (laughs) Went from window coverings. I used to block the light out. Now I spread about the light. I share about the light. He totally transformed my life. He transformed my career. He transformed everything about me. And that draws me to want to hear from him. And I pass this information to you. I read my Bible because I want to hear what God has to tell me. So many people say, you know, I really don't hear from God. Well, are you opening God's word? Are you getting and engaging and hearing from God? Because these words are living words from God to you today. And if that's you and the question is, no, I really don't hear from God. Don't do it as a reading plan. If it is, great. If that works for you, that didn't work for me. And I know we're all different. Some of you love to read, some of you don't like to read. I probably read more on my phone than I do in my Bible at home. And that's okay. It's still God's word. Do what fits you. Do what draws you to God and then allow yourself to hear from him. I just want to put this last slide up because it's a core value. This is how we help people pursue God and we use God's word to help people trust in Jesus because his word tells you how to be made right with God and it's all about what Jesus did on the cross. If that's you, We want to come alongside of you. If you have questions about what faith means, putting your faith and trust in Jesus, we want to help you with that. I can remember a time I walked into church and I was confused, but I was scared to say anything. Also, that second category, it is really hard to honor God. It's challenging. Why? We have this sinful nature, and they're always butting up against each other. But again, we want to help with that. Because this is how we help people pursue God. And we use God's word to instruct us on how we honor God. And then we're going to get to making disciples. That's our fifth value about we're on mission with Jesus, about how God has a part of all of us and part of the mystery of the most challenging words in scriptures, two letters, it's G-O, it's go. And that scares people. They hear go and they go backwards. (laughs) Like, no, not for me. That was me at one time. But the impact that that can make in lives is incredible. And so wherever you are on this pursuit of God, there's our pursuit of God right there. We want to help people pursue God. There it is. 
We think healthy things grow. God's word would confirm that. And we want to help people get to the next step. So wherever you are on that pursuit, we would love to come alongside of you and help you to the next step is what I'm saying. So if you have more questions about that, you can fill out a card at the info table. Pastor John will be up here at the end of the service with some other leaders. But we would love for everybody to take that next step, especially if you are seeking a relationship with the Lord. Realize that he died on the cross for you and your life can be transformed like this by a faith moment, by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Please come talk to us if you would like more information about that. Let's pray. Lord, we give you praise and thanks for all that you do. And we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that we have this this resource that helps us through life, Lord. And I pray that, God, as we leave here this morning, that we would just have this desire to hear from you, Lord, on a daily basis, that we would spend time with the almighty God who created all things. That is incredible that you want to spend that time with us, Lord, that you want to hear from us. And Lord, I pray that in return, we would also want to hear from you. So I pray as we look at this core value that we would truly, our actions would follow, Lord, just alongside of our our pursuit of you, Lord, that we would really look to you and your word in all that we do, Lord, in everything that we do. So God, give us the strength. Give us the courage to be able to share to the next generation. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and most importantly, God, we are so grateful that you gave us life, that you died on the cross for us, and that we can be forgiven of our sins, and that we could live in true freedom in you, Jesus. We love you, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.